Good morning. Man, it feels like I ain't seen y'all in like a week. No, I've been, I've been in a walk to Emmaus this week. I left Wednesday and got back last night, and it really feels like I've been gone for like three weeks. It feels like I haven't seen y'all in a long time, so I was really excited to get here this morning and really nervous to get here this morning. But, uh, man, I love the walk. Y'all know that. I, I talk about it all the time. But it's just such an amazing thing. You know, yesterday morning, <clears throat> you're sitting there and you're watching all different denominations. You know, it doesn't matter if they're Methodist, Baptist, Church of Christ, Pentecostal, non-denominational. They're all in there together. Whites, browns, blacks, all in there together. Felons, ex-inmates, military, preachers, cowboys, all in there together. And they're all locked arms. And, man, 75, 80 men just praising God at the top of their lungs. Man, it's beautiful. You know, the Holy Spirit's there, and it, and it just moves. And I love working these walks. I know I'm moving around a lot today. <laughs> Y'all just keep up. We're going to do some next exercises. Y'all go ahead and stretch, because it's going to be bad today. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, I love working these walks because, you know, it's not just the pilgrims that get something out of it. I get something out of it every time I go. So for about the past week, I've been praying, God, praying to God to prepare my heart for what I was going to get and expecting to get something. And man, I got there and he gave me more than I was even imagined. And man, it's just been, I told a couple of y'all today, my new favorite verse is Jesus wept. The Bible says that we need to be like Christ, man, and I cried all week long. It was horrible. Cedar allergies were really bad up there this weekend. So. Man, I'm telling you, somebody would sneeze and I'd start crying. It was hard. So, I have a sermon. I had a sermon. And it was on the screen, but this one's not. So... No, you just let go of the screen. There's not we're going back to old school today. Y'all got y'all's Bibles? Turn to Acts chapter 1, verses 4. No, y'all don't have to turn to them. I'll read them. I wasn't really meaning for y'all to do that. Will you please stand? Acts 1, chapter 4. And I'll just read until I stop reading. <laughs> and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two, two men stood by them in wine apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken from you into your home, 
will also come in like manner as you saw him going to heaven. And then we'll turn over to chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were, where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other, uh, with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for this past week and just uh, what you have showed me. Father, I just pray that you'll just give me peace and, and confidence and boldness just to share your message. Father, I ask that you'll just remove me out of the way and just let your spirit flow through me. Father, I love you, I praise you, and I give you all the glory. I ask you things in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. So, <clears throat> I've known I was going to work this walk for a couple months now. And I was supposed to be one of the behind-the-scenes guys. You know, make beds, clean bathrooms, take out trash, things like that. And I was excited because, one, I got to serve God, and two, I knew I was going to get something out of it. So I left Wednesday morning, and I got there about 3.15, and most of the people had been there since 10, 10.30. But I wanted to have lunch with my wife and daughter before I left because I wasn't going to see them for a while. I kind of like having them around. So I got there, and I was trying to find my room, and I went over to the room where all the golfy people stayed, and my name wasn't there. And a guy walked up, and he said, the spiritual director and the lay director want to talk to you. So it's kind of like getting called to the principal's office. <laughs> so I'm thinking, man, are they mad that I'm late? I'm, I know there's some other people that ain't here yet. So I go over there, and uh, they tell me that one of the clergy members, his mother-in-law was put in the hospital, and he wasn't going to be there. And they wanted me to step up and take the spot of clergy, since I am a part of the clergy team in Emmaus, but I've never got to work a walk as clergy. Well, I started making some excuses of why I couldn't do it. But I had a shirt on that said, all in. <laughs> so the lay director was like, look at your shirt. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. So it's funny how God works, you know. So uh, part of the responsibility of clergy is, you know, during the talks and everything, you, you kind of watch people and then you go around to the tables and you talk to them and you talk to the table leaders, assistant table leaders, you know, and see if any of the people, any of the pilgrims need prayer. But there's five, five members of the clergy team, and there's five grace talks. So I got to do one of the grace talks. Now, these talks ain't given to you, and you read it. You write your own talk. So along with everything else I had to do, I had to come up with a talk. And I was lucky I was the last one, so I had till yesterday morning. So I would sit there every time I got a spare minute because you have so much free time there. And uh, I would try to write. And God would give me something, and I'd be like, all right. So I'd get my pen and paper, and I'd go to write it, and I'd just go blank. So I'm starting to sweat it, you know. And then on Friday, God was like, man, why are you trying to control this? Why are you trying to write this talk? And I was like, okay, cool. So I just quit thinking about it. And then God started revealing a lot of things to me. You know, I'm very fortunate that this is my job, my full-time job. There are a lot of preachers in this country that they have full-time jobs and they have to write a sermon on their own time. And I don't know how they do it because I usually spend all week long trying to figure out how to write a sermon. 
it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I knew I was going to be gone some this week, so I started writing the sermon last week. That way I had it down. and I usually get it finished on Thursday or Friday, and, and then on Saturday I kind of just relax, and then on Sunday morning I come up here and I print it out and I read through it to make sure I got all the words right because I'm not a real smart man. There's some weird words in this Bible. I can't always pronounce them right, and I don't want to sound dumb in front of all y'all. But, uh, and then I get up here and I pray. I get up here and I read the verse and I pray, and I always say, God, remove me from the situation and let the Holy Spirit speak through me. And then I put a leash on him and I tie him up over here. And I read exactly what I wrote. And God revealed that to me this weekend. And that was hard. Because I do that because I'm scared. And I do it because I'm scared that my passion for serving Christ, because of my love for the Father, is going to be too overbearing for y'all. And I'm afraid that I'm going to offend y'all, and I'm going to step on y'all's toes. Because God revealed to me, and let's be honest, most of us come to church to listen to a few songs and listen to a sermon and go home and feel good about ourselves. We're not here to grow. We're not here to get filled with the Spirit. We're here to check the boxes. And then I cried again. And it's been really hard on me because I knew I was going to have to come here and say this this morning. And I've been really nervous this morning, if y'all couldn't tell. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like it's 40 degrees because I'm just up here shaking. But God has revealed to me, you know, I... I used to go on these walks at a church that was in, in Knox City, and I would come back and I would just be so pumped up, so ready to serve. And I'm telling the, the pastor, I'm like, man, we got to do this. You know, we can make Emmaus here. And he's like, no, you can't. Yes, man, we can make Emmaus in our church. We don't have to go to this camp once a month or whenever we get an opportunity. We can do this every, every Sunday here. And he's like, no, you can't. You cannot replicate church camp or walk to Emmaus in the church. And I said, why not? And he said, you just can't. I said, why not? He said, you just can't. I said, why can't we be amazed? Why, why do we just get filled up every once in a while? Why can't we get filled every Sunday? And he said, because reality. Because when you're on these church camps, hold on, hydration is important. <laughs> Don't want to pass out, you know. He said, when you're on the church camps or you're on the walk to Emmaus, you're not living in the world. You're not thinking about the world. You're not thinking about responsibilities. You're just focused on God. But you can't do that in the real world. Why not? What does Romans 12, 2 say? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He said, but we got bills to pay. We got jobs. No, you're thinking of it worldly. You're thinking of it temporary. You're thinking of what you can see. Don't go to work. I'm not telling you to quit your job. But don't go to a job. Go to the mission field. Every job that y'all have is y'all's mission field. United. Lurleen's mission field. Everywhere we go, those of you that work at the school, mission fields. If you work at United, man, how many people do you see every day? If you work at the bank, how many people do you see every day? Wherever you work, whatever you do, don't think of it as, ah, I have to go to work. Think of it as, man, I get to go serve God. 
I get to go out every day and serve God. And then it doesn't become a responsibility. It comes a, becomes a pleasure. Well, then he said, well, what you got bills to pay? You know, the reality is you can live like that, but you still got bills to pay. You still got responsibilities. Matthew 6, 25 says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put in it. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither tool nor, nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like, like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? After all these, after all these things, the Gentiles seek. But your heavenly Father knows what you need in all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, spirit's moving. <laughs> Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. Jesus is saying, man, if we put God first in everything that we do, he's going to provide for us. But how many times do we put God in a box because we have to provide for ourselves? How many times do we say, no, we can't serve because I got to work and I got to pay my bills? Why are we not living what the Bible tells us? Man, the gospel is full of instructions. You know, this isn't just some book you read and put back on the shelf. This is a book that you read and you apply it to your life. We'll read it. We'll even preach it to other people. But will we live it? Will we let it resonate in our hearts and will we go out and enact as Jesus act? Man, it's just, you know, I look around in the world today and I see the sin and I see Satan just walking up and down the streets. In Luke 10 and 19, Jesus says, I have given you authority to trample over the snakes and scorpions and all evil powers, and none shall hurt you. But do you know why Satan's winning right now? Do you know why he's kicking our butts right now? Because of us. Because we don't do nothing. Because we don't take the fight to him. We're losing a battle that's already been won. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory, and we're still getting our butts kicked. Because we sit around and we make excuses of why we can't follow what the Bible says. Man, does that not make you mad? Man, it, it infuriates me to sit around and see sin all the time, and we don't do nothing about it. We turn our eyes, oh, well, as long as I'm not doing it, then it's not that big of a deal. But man, I'm telling you right now, if you see sin and you don't address it, you're accepting it. If you're not on a head-to-head -head battle with Satan... You're running with Satan. Man, we've got to step up and start being the Christians that we're called to be. We've got to step up and start serving God. Man, this has been a powerful weekend, and, and just seeing some of the breakthroughs and, and the bondage, and a lot of people this weekend were felt unworthy. And that was kind of a common theme, was unworthy because of our past. But the Bible tells us that once we became new, the old is gone. We're a new creation. We don't have to live in our past. We don't have to worry about our past. 
Satan brings up our past. God's forgiven us for our past. Satan reminds us of our past. God loves us even though our past. Man, it's time that we step up and be the Christians that we're called to be. It's time that we take this Bible and we read it and we apply it to our lives and not just an nice little thing that we can say, well, I read the Bible, check. I went to church on Sunday, check. And then live for the world the rest of the week. I don't even know where I'm going from here. Fear. Man, it's fear. Jesus is talking to the disciples about, uh, or the disciples are asking him how come they couldn't cast out a spirit. And Jesus said, oh, you little faith. He said, you doubters. He said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can tell a mountain to move and it'll move. How many of us have ever told a mountain to move and it moved? Nobody? You know why? Because we don't believe. We don't believe we have the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead running through our veins. We have that resurrection power. But that faith of a mustard seed, if you look at it the other way, if you have the doubt of a mustard seed, you've lost all your faith. If you don't believe wholeheartedly what Jesus is saying, you might as well not believe any of it. There's plenty of... uh, Plenty of verses in the Bible, I think 10 different places where it talks about resurrecting people from the dead. How many of y'all believe in here that you can resurrect people from the dead? What about spiritually death? We can bring people back from being spiritually dead. The Bible says the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. If we go out and we fight... We can bring every one of the people that are spiritually dead back to life. Jesus has given us the authority. It's in us. All we have to do is claim it. All we have to do is receive it. I guess that's about all I got today because that's all he's telling me. But I'm telling you, you don't have to come up here to this altar and say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. You can sit right there where you're at. You can say it at your house. You can say it in your car. You can say it at your job. Wherever you are, you can ask God to fill you with the Spirit. You can ask God to remove the worldly things from your life and make room for the Spirit. So that was one thing that held me back is uh, I was asking God to fill me with the Spirit, but I wasn't letting go of the things of the world. And God revealed that to me a while back. As I started letting things go, he started pouring more Spirit into me. And then I started putting him on a leash. But I'm not putting him on a leash no more. What is going on with this? So please stand. My Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for this message, and I thank you for the... Oh, man, the tears are starting. Hold on. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this message, Father. I thank you what you've done to me over this weekend and how you just opened my eyes and just rekindled that fire and that flame. Father, I pray that just your Holy Spirit will just truly move through this building, Father. I pray that the Pentecostal fire will just resonate in each one of our hearts, Father, and that we will go out in this community and we will fight the good fight, that we will no longer be passive, 
that we will no longer turn our eyes to the things that's going on in our schools and in our town and in our community, Father, and that we will just go and we will fight and we will bring these people back from being spiritually dead back to your life, Father. And Father, we just give you all the glory and praise and honor, Father. I love you. I ask you things in Jesus' name. Amen.